welcome to the first annual Noisy Awards, coming to you live from Fresno, California, in the San Joaquin Valley. Tonight, we recap the very best that 2019 had to offer in film and television. Plus, we have some very special surprises for you. And now, please welcome your hosts, the Heroes of Noise, Steve Hudson and Dan Ramirez. Good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. How are you guys feeling today? Wow, man, look at these people that came out. You know what, guys, you look fantastic, by the way. Thanks so much. Welcome to the first annual Heroes of Noise, Noisies, as we're calling it. Steve, do these people not look beautiful? You guys look amazing, amazing. You guys look almost as good as myself. Do you like my suit, Dan? Do you like my I suit? I love that. Let me just, let me feel that. Oh, damn, brother, is that purple velvet that you're wearing there? It is. Oh. It very is. Can I just let me just stroke the sleeve real quick? Oh. Please, that's not my sleeve. Oh. oh. That's not my hand. Oh. <laughs> but seriously, folks. <laughs> Welcome. I, I'm I'm freaking excited, you guys. You know what? I mean, I feel like we should be doing some form of a monologue or something like that, but truth be told, I'm a little nervous. I mean, are you feeling that? Do you feel that nervous energy? I feel great energy. I feel fantastic energy. I'm not so much nervous. I'm just excited with how amazing not only the nominees, but the winners are tonight. And we'd like to thank everyone for showing up. Every person that we nominated and every person that won did show up. So I'm thankful for you guys coming for the first noises. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Steve. So let's talk a little bit before we get started, because it's going to be a long night. That's what she said. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you see, even in person, this man does this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> been a long year steve there's been some craziness in the news lately man and speaking yes. of news i am as excited as r kelly in a children's hospital you know what i'm saying they can't they can't get too far you know what i'm saying oh. <laughs> Gee, that is such a good that's such a good joke i don't think you're giving yourself enough credit for that one i'm on fire no literally put me out oh all right let's see who's in the audience now let's just take a look around and see ryan coogler's here Big banner year for Ryan Coogler, Steve. Ryan, I know I'm butchering your name, and I'm sorry about that, but look at you. You look good, too. Do you guys have the same suit on? I'm sorry, but I've never heard Ryan Coogler talk. I'm very, I'm very sad. <laughs> Does he have a voice? You know, I've been told. I've been told. <laughs> Does he really? Does he have a thing? Ryan, any comments on that? Apparently, he doesn't have a voice. He's got a middle finger, though, Steve. Look at it. I... <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> But it's fun. You know what's weird? I needed this to get me going. Because I wasn't there yet. Now I'm there. We're shaking our sillies out, ladies and gentlemen. I really like that. I'm shaking my sillies out. I am going to use that phrase. And then they're going to think that you have like a four-year-old kid. R. Kelly does, doesn't he? Oh. <laughs> in his bedroom. Oh! Oh! Sitting in the dark, waiting for him to finish recording. <laughs> Before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you want to find out how in the world you're going to send complaints in. There is only one way to do that, and Dan has that information. Dan, will you tell these wonderful folks, beautiful as you are, how to get in touch with us? Absolutely, Steve. I'd be happy to. Ladies and gentlemen, I've never actually done this in front of a live crowd, so don't mind the sweat marks underneath my armpits. And we have a full live band, too. What did you think of the music, first of all, ladies and gentlemen? Did you like it? That sounds like they like it, Steve. I spent all of my weed money. I was going to buy, you know, like a whole bunch of weed and then sell it uh, outside of high schools. But 
this actually pays for itself, so I'm very happy about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and start off. I'm going to kick it with a little bit of contact information, a la the noisy style. Uh, Maestro, if you please. Welcome to the show, everybody. As you know, my name is Dan Ramirez. Yes, I actually look like this. I know you're disappointed, but welcome anyway. This is episode 51, the first annual Noisies 2019. Let me tell you a little bit about this. If you want to get a hold of us, all you got to do is go to Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That is Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. On the Twitters, hit us up, please, if you will, at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public, and this handsome purple suited bastard right here at S E underscore Hudson Music. Steve, take a bow. You look fantastic. Facebook, we got a couple years left on that, I'm sure, right before it just goes bye-bye. So hit us up there at Heroes of Noise. And go to this very fancy little place that we like to call www.heroesofnoise. I fucked it up, ladies and gentlemen. See, I'm nervous right now, but I'm going to do it again. www.heroesofnoise.com. That's right. Leave us a voicemail while you're there. Subscribe to the show. And feel some of this shit. Feel that? Look at this move, Steve. Look what I'm doing here. What do you think? I didn't know you could do the worm on such a, a nice white suit. I can, but it's a little hard to talk when I'm doing. God damn it, Steve. Hold on, let me dust myself up real quick. All right, ladies and gentlemen. And like I said, subscribe to the show. Do what you got to do. I don't care. We're going to get back to it. I'm very excited now. I'm warmed up. I'm a little dusty in the front from all this worming I've been doing. But while you're there at the website, going back to that real quick, check out the Pods of Justice section where you can see all of our friends that we podcast with from time to time. You know, we, we tend to parallel play, but we're all there. 2019 is going to be a big year. We're all going to get to know each other real soon. Podcast orgy coming at you. That's it for me. Maestro, knock it off, will you? Take it down. Take it down. No, no, not lower. Just stop it completely. Oh, you're going to be dead. Hey, guys, can you... Uh, guys, thank you very much. Goodness gracious, man. Holy, where did you find these guys, Dan? Well, I told you I spent all my weed money and I only had about 50 bucks, so... <laughs> Not bad for fifty bucks, though, right? It's really not. I mean, I mean, considering that they can't apparently can't see cues or uh, respond and act accordingly. So, uh, good job, Dan. We'll make sure that you're in charge of the music next year too. Fantastic. Anyway, my first award goes to Steve Hudson for all of the production that he does throughout the year. So, Steve, give yourself a round of applause. Don't Thank anyone you. else applaud. Thank Just you. Him. I will. Just and him. Why, you know what's the good thing about handling your own business? Watch this. Stop. See, I would just stop when I said it. That's the, that's the gift I have. Yeah, you're good at handling your own business, aren't you, buddy? Oh! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you that was actually a pretty freaking good burn. Clean burn, man. Clean burn. Clean burn. Somebody would say, you killed me with that burn. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're going to get to our first award, which is Drums, Please. Kill of the year. Not kill of the day, kill of the month, kill of the week, or kill of the hour. We're going to go with best kill of the year. Dan, we've seen a lot of kills this year. Would you agree? Too many kills, actually. But I like them. I think they've been fun. It's really weird that you get joy out of people dying, Steve, but I feel the same joy you feel. So yes, we have seen a lot. The thing is, it can only come down to one kill. One kill is going to be the most important kill of the year, Steve. Real quick, I I think we're going to do it like this, ladies and gentlemen. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and give you the honorable mention, because there is an honorable mention. Do you have one, Steve? I do have one. I have one as well. What do you say you go ahead and give your honorable mention? I'll give mine, and then we will award the first noisy ever awarded to anyone to the best kill of the year. 
See, my honorable mention is for, I have like a few, but I'm gonna narrow it down to one. The only reason that this one honorable mention is because of how interesting the kill was. And I'm gonna give my honorable mention to Killmonger of Black Panther. Let me tell you why. The reason that it won that was because his death was A, one of the most interesting villain deaths that I've seen for a long time because I actually was like, is he a villain? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. And then his awesome quote when he died. So I gave the honorable mention to Killmonger. All right, Michael fair enough. What do you think, guys? Did, you, we, did we expect that one? We totally expected that one, didn't we? Killmonger. That's an easy one, Steve. It's an easy one. Now, let me give you one. It's a little more niche, a little more niche, and possibly I'm showing some favoritism here. But my honorable mention, kill of the year, is going to preacher Jesse Custer kills the All Father. Remember that one? That is a really good where he injects him with that. Oh, I can't even ruin it for people who haven't watched it. Yeah, you know what? It's season three already. Like it's going to be season four. We can go ahead and tell him. Uh, if you haven't watched this, all I'm going to tell you is this. There is a dangling asshole at the end of it. And not like a guy like me, like an asshole dangling off of a string. Like literally a dangling asshole. All for you, ladies and gentlemen. Do I know how to sell it? I believe I do. I don't know how they got away with it. <laughs> I don't understand it. When we watched it, we were like, how did, what? But I guess since it's not real, because that's literally, that means that hypothetically, ladies and gentlemen, they can show a dismembered vagina on TV now. Apparently. That's right? disgusting, Steve. No, but I guess you're right. I mean, if it's latex, it's okay. If it's real. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to put someone's dangling asshole. On <laughs> hey, 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 Jerry. Jerry, get over here. Spread your ass cheeks. All right, get the shot. <laughs> hey, Fred. How would you like to? <laughs> All right. I mean, like, for real, though, like, I don't know. I really don't know how they got away with that because... I don't, dude. I really don't. And I think sh I think they kept it under wraps so well. Like, that would have been something I would imagine the preacher folks to be teasing out, saying, oh, I don't know what kind of weird pun they would have used, but they would have been like, this scene is about to pretty much blow you guys' minds. But they didn't. It was just, oh, by the way, here. And we were like, whoa, whoa, what now? You can do this? Wonderful kill. That's a great pick, Dan. Yeah, apparently they can show the asshole, just not the whole ass. <laughs> but anyway, that's a, those are great honorable mentions, but Dan, there can only be one. And what is the... Are, the envelope is in your hand. Who's the winner? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited about this one. The very first noisy for best kill of 2018 goes to... What is it with these fucking envelopes with the award shows? You can never get them open. Exactly. There we go. The Saw Scene for Terrifier. Bruh. Listen, y'all. All the whoops and hollers, they've seen the movie because people... That was uncomfortable to say the least. Very uncomfortable. Literally the most uncomfortable kill scene I've ever seen. <laughs> now, and we've seen Freddy. Yes. Now there is a movie out there called Bone Tomahawk. Have you seen this one, Steve? That was a um that was a terrifying scene for me. Uh but it wasn't it was gruesome. 
But it wasn't even in the... I don't think it's in the city of this one. I think it's pretty close, but considering the uh, territory that's being oh, sliced first, dude. I think I'm going to have to still give it to this one. But guys, if you haven't seen Bone Tomahawk and you like Bloody Kills, that's definitely one you need to check out. Oh, for sure. And, uh, dude, I mean, a lot of it for me, the kill, was him not even looking at what he was doing and just looking at the person watching so he could see their face. <laughs> <laughs> I said, now that's a clown. We said it before, we're going to say it again. Art the Clown, you will be seeing big things coming from this cat. And I wonder how they're going to be able to, like, do you think they can beat that kill? I guess people get pretty creative. Oh, they can. They're go, Here's the thing. They're going to give him more money, obviously. And they're going to pretty much say, all the leashes are off. Do what you did and just do it bigger. There's going to be a problem in this next one. I mean, look at what they did. I still don't think it, what, it didn't make me have a visceral reaction like Green Inferno did. So if the Green Inferno could get away with what they did, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what um, he gets away with. I would say he should get those people. Get the same makeup effects artists or whatever from Green Inferno and put them in the realm of Art the Clown, dude. Oh my God. There he is right there. Here comes Art the Clown. Art, come on up on stage. Um, Back up, Steve. Back up. Dan, I don't think we should be doing this. He looks a little, uh... Oh, that's some creepy shit he's doing. He's just clapping and smiling. I don't like this. Okay, Art, get the fuck out of here. Please. But seriously, that... lady, make, make a hole and make it wide. Art's coming Whew. through. Yeah. Art, thank you very much. That's all we're getting out of him, ladies and gentlemen. Art the Clown. All right. <laughs> Moving along, Steve. Yeah, Boy, yeah. this is uncomfortable. Very much so, dude. Are you sure we should have let that person go off the side of the stage with him? She good? She was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Art, I didn't see shit. Okay. All right. that's, your, that's your freebie. Woo. I don't know what, whatever Art does after that, that's his own deal. But I did not see what I just saw right now. Neither did I. So congratulations, Art. Up next, ladies and gentlemen. We love movies. Do you love movies, Dan? You know, I have seen a movie or two. And I would say that I enjoyed both of them. So yes, yes, I very much love movies, Steve. Would you say that there's one thing that they all have in common? You know, I can say they have a lot of things in common, Steve, but I, something tells me you're going somewhere with this. So please, just take it away. I am. They all have a director, mm. one of which won the best of. But even though one won the best, we don't want to give all the props to just one. We do have honorable mentions. Dan, what were your honorable mentions for director of the year? Like, Steve, look at that guy right over there. He's scratching his balls. Hey, sir, we see you. You're on television. We probably won't show it. It's for us, but it's going to be on a podcast. Stop scratching your balls. You. You. How did you get there? He's scratching his balls, Steve. I'm uncomfortable. I'm, or, I'm more uncomfortable than when Art was on stage, but okay. Uh, you know what, sir? Go ahead. Scratch your balls. It's okay. They get itchy sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, speaking of balls, Steve, I have nothing to say in common with balls, but I am going to tell you this. I have two honorable mentions, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the first one now. It goes to a man who's not only a director and a writer. He's also a rap artist, man. Like he, He's the shit. He's from the Sacramento area. This one is going to Mr. Boots Riley for Sorry to Bother You. Nice, dude. That's a... I mean, even though it's... What was his, it's, it's his first, right? It's his first directorial debut. First directorial debut. And uh, yeah, I think he did a fine job with this, man. The thing I liked about Sorry to Bother You, I know we talked about this on the last show, but 
If you've seen Sorry to Bother You, he's not breaking new ground as far as like special effects or anything like that. But then again, he did do something very disturbing, Steve, that I know you're still having nightmares about. Oh, Like, why do I can't really ruin it for everybody because let me tell you something. Dan and I even said, this is going to be a great movie when someone was like, have you seen this movie? No. Everyone's going to be like, oh, we got to see their face when they get to that part. And they will watch it for that reaction because I had a visceral reaction. Dan just giggled. I was there with you. <laughs> and I was like, Dan just is like, what? I was like, no, this ain't no what. <laughs> this just turned into a horror movie for me. It did not affect you at all, dude. You were just like, oh, that's crazy. Made me feel a little, uh, you know, uh, insecure about my manhood, right. if you know what I'm saying. But other than that. I mean, the thing is, I was questioning. Here's one thing I understood. I'm like, Boots Rally has apparently seen me shout. <laughs> is that that dragging sound I've been hearing all night? Yes. And so I'm like, oh, that's what that guy was flashing. I got nervous. I was like, I remember flashing pictures. No worries. You're good. I get it, man. I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> No big deal. I know a lot of you guys have not seen the movie, so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, you'll know. And then when you see it, you're going to think of your boy. Speaking of, Steve, uh, you may want to tuck that bad boy back into your boot. <laughs> My boots, Riley. I see what you did there. Nicely. I didn't do anything like your dick is literally hanging out of your <laughs> I mean, Gabrielle Union did show up, so what am I going to do? I think she's too busy with that last kill with the asshole, if you know what I'm saying, buddy. <laughs> But anyway, um, yes, it's going to be tucked in. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable, Dan, or insecure about your lack thereof. Easy, buddy. So, I was kidding. Um, I'll take out just enough to beat you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, Steve. All it's right. getting uncomfortable up here. We're talking about each other's dicks in front of like a thousand people. I'm not talking about yours so much. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> So this one's a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, the man did show up tonight. And thank you for showing up, sir. You're going to know who I'm talking about in about three seconds. Second honorable mention, Steve, I'm giving it to Mr. Ryan Coogler nice. for Black Panther. Not only am I familiar with him in Black Panther, I think a lot of people, that if you, if you like the movies, ladies and gentlemen, you know that he was responsible for the first Creed as well as Fruitvale Station. And what else has he been in, Steve? Is there anything else I'm missing here? I think I'm missing Those a couple of things. Those are it. He did Fruitvale Station, Creed, and then he obviously pro uh, directed Black Panther and produced Creed 2. But he did a fantastic job with it. I think the way he was able to make that movie just pop so much. I mean, we've already talked about the importance of what Black Panther did socially, first of all, culturally, secondly. And then, of course, it's just this badass movie. Chadwick Boseman, just like the way he, you know, like I'm sure he directed the way he walked even. Or do you think Chadwick Boseman is that cool where he just walks that way anyway? No, he had him, he had him with a swag. There's no question. Yeah, Ryan Coogler, sir, I give you a round of applause. Black Panther, I can't spend too much time with you now because I've got my main award I have to give you. Yes, totally. Oh, and for a real quick side note, I don't mean to cut you off. However... Uh, Rachel Morrison, cinematographer, you did a killer job. I mean, you made that, that movie, you had a big part of it. Incredible job, Rachel Morrison. You through? Yes. You, can, I, can I get through what I need to get through? Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, where was I? Uh, so this and is Mbaku, the big here, Steve. Go ahead. <laughs> so now we got, look at all these envelopes. I hope I don't get them mixed up. Yes. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and announce my winner for best director of the year, okay? Mm -hmm. And now I say winner, but I guess if I'm saying winner, it's going to be a group because I'm actually gonna go ahead and give this one to the Russo brothers, oh, sir, nice. for Avengers nice. Infinity War. Nice. Go ahead, go ahead and applaud everybody, that's fine. 
Yeah, they deserve it. They did a fantastic job. Now, to make Thanos come off the way he did, and the way that they all acted, interacted with each other, so much green screen in this movie, and they were able to just make magic with this movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking very much forward to seeing what they're going to do with Endgame, and I don't know. I mean, do you think they can do that magic again? Dude, I put nothing, nothing. It's over. Like, every time I question Marvel, I get clowned. I will never question Marvel again. I'm even tempted to watch Ant-Man, the Ant-Man sequel. Because well, Why wouldn't you, though? Because it seemed like, I'm like, why would I? I, I, I it was funny. It was cute the first time. The second time, I was like, do I really? But I'm like, why am I questioning Marvel yet again? They're able to make even the silliest things work. And man, I'll tell you right now, dude. We, we cannot overstate what the Russo brothers did. We just can't. I mean, they literally made people walk out of the theaters, no applauses, just walking out with like their heads hung low out of a Marvel movie. That's crazy. I mean, more, bruh, Russo brothers are the lick right now, Jay. I mean, Civil War too, for that matter. Fantastic movie. Yes. These guys are just kind of killing it all the way around. Yes. I mean, I'm looking forward very much to see what they do outside of the Avengers universe, Marvel universe, if you want to get technical about it. But yes, that's going to be my award, Steve. It's going to the Russo brothers. Round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right. So um, I have a few honorable mentions. My first honorable mention for my director of the year is quite easily, quite simple. It's uh, Christopher McQuarrie for um, Mission Impossible. Look, that was a movie. And Tom Cruise is a superstar. That's all I have to say about it. If, uh, if whenever I see Christopher McQuarrie's name on something from now on, I'm going to watch it. Because he did, and he made a, a Mission Impossible movie that's already fun even better. And he let Tom Cruise almost kill himself about 800 times. So I got to give props to Christopher McQuarrie. Second honorable mention is Bar um, Bob Persichetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. All of them were co-directors of Enter the Spider-Verse. The reason I gave this movie a runner-up or an, an honorable mention is because they did something so groundbreaking that they might be, um, they're trying to um, copyright the actual animation style. When, that's when you know you did something new, where it's like, we're going to copyright that thing. It's so different, we're going to copyright it. So they also get an honorable mention. Wonderful job. Love that you actually made Spider-Man belong to everyone. Uh, not to ruin it for everybody, but it's actually a situation where a lot of people did not see themselves on screen this way. They made it possible. More power to them. And I, my last honorable mention is Timo Tejanto, and he is the director of The Night Comes For You, which is an amazing martial, I wouldn't even call it a martial arts film. It's a bunch of people that are able to kill you with a drop of a hat going against each other now. Fantastic. Amazing movie. Fight sequences are things I still to this day don't understand how they accomplished. Um, anything Timo's name is on, I will again watch it. No freaking question. If you have a chance to watch The Night Comes For You, please watch it. It's on Netflix right now. You're going to love it. And that brings me to my final and ultimately number one director of the year. And that honor goes to my boy, Ryan Coogler. One of Dan's honorable mentions, my number one. And I think obviously the main reason is because A, he did something with Black Panther that exceeded expectations. Ex expectations that were already over the hill. We all thought this was gonna be an amazing movie. Ryan Coogler said, not only am I gonna deliver that, but I'm gonna do it and then some. He put things into the lexicon. Wakanda Forever will always be understood by people who don't even watch the movie. He now has Wakanda Forever. 
Um, he introduced us to Shuri and Baku, all these people that are now part of what we think of Black Panther. Ryan Coogler, you are an amazing person. You brought our face to the big screen and we thank you for it. Ryan Coogler wins for Black Panther. Three noisies right off the bat. And I think they're all going to fantastic people. Now, just so you know, guys, not every one of these is going to have an honorable mention, at least on my end. Uh, some of these are just going to, we're going to go straight to the award. Uh, this next one here, I do have an honorable mention though, Steve. Do you mind if I take the reins on this please, one here? Please, please, please. All right, fantastic. So this one, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be for Tear Jerker of the Year. First honorable mention of the year, Steve, is going to Won't You Be My Neighbor. Now, I know, I know you haven't seen this one yet, man, but believe me when I say, such a beautiful movie. I, I can't tell you how this movie made me emote. Uh, there's a certain part at the end of this movie. I mean, it, it, trust me when I say it's all the way through. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But there's a certain part at the end of this movie where they show Mr. Rogers at a graduation. And he's talking about how, you know, just to take one minute, almost like a minute of silence, if you will, which it was a minute, a minute of silence. But think about the people that inspired you in your life and what they meant to you and how they affected you. And the movie itself gives you that minute for the most part, as I can recall, gives you that minute to really kind of think about it because they're showing footage from the actual speech that he did. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think you, it's, it's a movie where you kind of you, you get out of it what you put into it. So I actually took that time. And, and the crazy part about that movie is everyone else, at least the theater that I was in, did the same thing. There was a guy that was about four seats down from me, this old elderly man, sitting with, I was assume it was probably his daughter or something like that. And during that time, you just start hearing him just, just not, not like sniffle kind of thing where you hear, oh, someone's crying. The man began to weep. And people in the front row were weeping and people in the middle were weeping. And I myself was tearing up pretty good too, man. I mean, that's towards the end of the movie. Um, I walked out of that movie literally with tears streak, you know, like tears streaking down my face. Such a beautiful movie. It's not sad. It's a little sad that Mr. Rogers isn't around anymore, but it's, it's just a, I guess it's just like, it gets, you, you get very introspective with it. You know what I mean? And, um, I have to say that this one was super, super tear jerking as far as, reality goes. Now, what I'm about to get into in a second here, which we're both going to get into, is also kind of like, a, as I've been putting it lately, a slice of life. I'm giving this one, this honorable mention to Won't You Be My Neighbor, Mr. Rogers, I miss you, sir. And you know, the sad part is, I know why it's so sad right now. There's no question. Any other time, I think it would just be a happiness of, wow, this was a really good guy. Um, the moment makes it even sadder. The moment makes it even sadder. That's a fantastic freaking pick, brother. Mr. Rogers, we need you. Come back. But I mean, not like a zombie. That would be kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, hey man, real quick before we move along, what do you think of Tom Hanks playing him in this, this upcoming movie? Uh, Tom can't, well, here's the thing. I don't think he's going to play him. He's going to play Tom Hanks playing him. That's what Tom Hanks does. He doesn't transform it form into people. He just becomes him playing someone else. The only person he transformed into is Forrest Gump. And that's because he's not a real person. 
He just created, hey, I can do this accent and this thing. <laughs> he did it. But I, I don't, I think he's just going to do a great job being Tom Hanks as someone else. Like, have you ever seen him transform into somebody before? That actually existed? Walt Disney. Did he talk and act like Walt Disney? I believe so. I mean, what, what was that other one? Oh, that existed, you're saying. I think that's yeah, the only... That they, uh, yeah, well, to the best of my knowledge, I think that's the only movie that he's played where it was like a biopic. Ex and I don't know if he actually talked and acted like Walt Disney. Well, I never really heard Walt Disney talk too much. But I mean, he was going for something to where I, it's, I didn't feel like it was like Tom Hanks doing Tom Hanks. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. No, I'm saying it's going to be Tom Hanks being someone else. But it's Tom Hanks playing Tom Hanks playing someone. Like, he's not doing that someone. He's like, this is how Tom Hanks would do that someone. I don't know. I feel so, like it's going to be like Tom Hanks doing Tom Hanks doing Tom Hanks doing Tom Hanks doing someone. You know what I mean? That's actually a, you know what? That's way more. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's more accurate, wouldn't you say? That's way more accurate. <laughs> accurate. <laughs> that's the stupidest shit I've ever. I'll never forget the first time you showed me that because I never heard it. And people probably know what we're talking about, but. Oh my God, Khaled, right? Yeah, DJ Khaled. God said, damn, accurate. my music is accurate. <laughs> you got it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, interesting that you chose that word specifically to mess I love up. It. I, I specifically want to say it's accurate. There it is, specifically accurate. And the thing is, he had his hands like, let me tell you what I'm trying to say. He pushed forward to show <laughs> that he's telling, he means business when he says accurate. Yeah, accurate. I don't think what? he was very accurate that day. Woo. <laughs> now, Dan, we both agreed on the tearjerker of the year, so that means they get an envelope, don't they? They certainly do get an envelope. Not everyone's going to get an envelope, just the ones we agree on, because you know what? Both, both Steve and I are kind of environmentally conscious, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, so we're going to save. So really, we're just going to go off the cuff, and then when we get the ties, which there are a few ties here, envelopes, special people. This is definitely one of those things. So tearjerker of the year, Steve. Do you want to open this one? Sure. Here we go. Oh. Give me the paper. All right. Ow. You all right? You got a paper cut? Yes. All right. What the hell are you doing over there, buddy? I'm opening the envelope. <laughs> the winner is Roma. Now, Roma, did it make you cry throughout, Dan? Or did it make you cry before? Because she's on her way up. She's way, I don't know what's taking her so long. Oh, beautiful dress. I don't want you to trip on it. Be careful. Um, did it make you cry throughout? Or did it make you cry only at a certain part? Well, you kind of put me on the spot. I mean, she is walking up on stage right now. Yeah. Miss Aparicio, can you? Yalitza. Cool. Beautiful. Cool. Let me beautiful. Welcome. Hey, come on. Watch your step. Here she is. Yelitsa Apricio, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. I guess that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Yelitsa. She's still learning the language. That was good, though. Anything else? Are you sure? Anything. 
So far, Steve, this has been a fantastic evening. I'm actually yes. very, I'm thrilled with our choices. I'm thrilled with uh, our opinions, of course. So <laughs> I guess I'm proud of ourselves is what I'm saying. <laughs> You're proud of ourselves. Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what? Because we're proud of myself. Is what I'm, saying. I'm proud of yourself. <laughs> Oh my God, this is going to be terrible, but let's Jeez, move along. What did we put in our freaking drinks, dog? I, I put a little Molly in mine, so everything's really groovy right now. I'm going dancing later. <laughs> Absolutely. So with this category of best ending, I had to think about what the stakes were. The stakes were so grand and huge and massive for this movie that I believe that this ending made the biggest impact on mankind. I gave it to Avengers Infinity Wars. Nice one. That's, that's not a bad choice whatsoever. Yes. I mean, 50% of the people on Earth, you know, disappeared. But I'm sure, you know, it's no big deal. Go on. It's okay. You know, I think the kids did great with that one. The Russos, Russos did fine. Um, I'm going to go with something a little more on the independent side, um, and I'll okay. tell you why. Uh, so my pick for best ending of the year, ladies and gentlemen, is going to Summer of 84. Yes, I've been talking about this movie a lot, but here's the reason why. For the people that I'm trying to encourage to see this movie, this movie goes in a direction that it just takes like a right turn. You clearly think that it's going in one particular direction. And what happens at the end of this movie leaves it open for a sequel. And I think it's only going to be one sequel if they ever do it. I think a lot of people, from what I can tell, have been really asking for a sequel. Don't know if it's going to be coming. We did have them on the show. And when I say them, I mean Matt Leslie and Stephen J. Smith. And they, uh, they said that they're thinking about it. They're tossing it around. I don't know if it's going to be like summer of 85, you know, summer of 96, whatever they're going to do. But I, it leads me to think that they're going to do a sequel soon. All I can tell you is you got to see this damn movie. You can rent it right now on iTunes. Uh, it's going to be, if you have Shudder, it's there, and you've probably already seen it, because I know they've been advertising that. Would you not agree, Steve? It, it does pop across the marquee, right? It very much so does. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic movie. Summer of 84 is getting my best ending. There's a level of anxiety that the main character has at the end of this here that, that I felt. I thought it was very palpable, and I thought it was very effective. So again, Summer of 84 is my pick for best ending. Awesome. And the interesting thing about best ending is normally it is attached to a movie that you don't want to end. However, in our next wonderful topic, we're going to talk about movies that we couldn't wait for it to end and it didn't end quick enough. This category <laughs> is most overrated movie of the year. And there is no question. <laughs> there it's is absolutely... no honorable mentions. Oh, and I know this pisses people off too, man. I know it does. I don't know how, Dan. Are we in an all, if, okay, here's the funny thing. If I walked into an alternate universe and they're like, no, this is the real universe and Aqua, well, the winner of this movie didn't make all the money, I'd be like, oh, oh, I was in a weird, that makes total sense. You slipped it in a little bit, so I'm going to have to try, Ooh. oh, there we go again. With the, I was going to say, I did not say anything. <laughs> I literally just breathed and it was like, boy, Hey, you know what? I really am. I really am bad at that. I don't even. Uh, what is it? Like, did someone know. put a. Did someone, like, hypnotize me and say, like, you're just going to say things that are going to require people to say. That's what she. And did. I'm not going to say it. Uh, but here's so. the problem. The thing is, I can't even say it anymore sometimes. I just, like, that's so. <laughs> it's just. It's way too over the plate. Some of the things, like, you'll be like, I'll tell you what, man. What I loved about Black Panther is you can put it in cleanly, take it out nicely, and just squirt it anywhere you want. 
I'm not going to say it. How am I squirting Black Panther? I get your point, sir. But, but I, it's you. You will say things so often. I'll be like, does he want me to say that's what she's saying? Is this like a thing he wants? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. When I'm looking for a movie, Steve, I want it to be long, thick, and hard, <laughs> veiny and pulsing. You know what I'm saying? As I continue looking forward, eating my popcorn, I'm just like, I'm not gonna do it. Attached to a pair of balls is what I'm getting, at, Steve. The movie's gotta have balls, big balls. <laughs> Look at me. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Look at me. Do you hear? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Damn. Look me in the eye. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done, dude. The funny thing is, we got co-signed already. Someone else outside of the podcast finally is like, oh yeah, that's what you do. I, and I swear I'm not trying to do it, but anyway, I do. I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. Yes. Now back to overrated of the year, Dan. Slap me in the face with it. Why don't you, Steve? What is the- <laughs> What is the only movie that could get overrated? Now, mind you, we're talking about every billion dollars it's hitting now. One billion dollars. People leaving the theater saying it's one of the best movies they've seen. Dan, what movie are we talking about? Okay. You know, I don't even, I wish we wouldn't have put this in an envelope because now we're just wasting paper on this here. But here we go. The most overrated movie of the year, ladies and gentlemen, is going to Aquaman. James Wan's Aquaman. Come on. Get up here and get your thing, G. Come on, Wani. Oh, no, and he brought him... All right, ladies, have a good look. He's got his shirt unbuttoned. How you doing? Just to meet. Ow, motherfucker, shake my hand all hard. He's a big guy, Steve. Jeez, I don't hey, think I really want to. Bro, go what too. are you doing? Okay, that- guys, thanks a lot. Thank, thank you. Thank you. No, the microphone it doesn't. It's weird. Like it doesn't work anymore. Gee. P- Is does Momo want to say something? I bet he's sure he does, but it's not happening on my show. Gee. Hey, bro, that's my girlfriend. All right, uh, go go ahead and come on up. My man. <laughs> that's that's literally all he did. That's, that's is he leaving with? Oh well. Can we? I mean, we need I guess the, we it. need the envelope, girl. Sorry. Oh, he's yeah, just gonna, he's don't just worry. Gonna, you'll... He's just going to leave with my girl, though, right? I'll feel, no, I mean, I'll get the keys to the house. <laughs> Lisa Bonet is in the audience. <laughs> anyway. Let's move along. Yeah. Most overrated movie of the year goes to Aquaman. Now, I think we should talk about this a little bit because I think that if we were just to say that and not expand on this, Steve, it could get a little hairy. <laughs> All right. That wasn't one, was it? I was was trying for that one and it didn't come out very well. But listen. It hit a billion dollars on Saturday. A billion, Dan. I'm done. I said something today, Stephen. I know you haven't seen this, okay? But this is just my opinion. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I'm going to dare to say that the movie Venom is a far superior movie than Aquaman. I'm taking out all of the CGI, okay? Um, I think that Tom Hardy, A, is a much better actor. 
And somehow he was able to take a movie like Venom, depending on your opinion, and do something with this movie and made it quite entertaining. I actually really like Venom. I'm not going to put it anywhere near in one of my favorite movies of the year or anything like that. But Tom Hardy was able to put enough Tom Hardy into the movie to make it very enjoyable to me. Okay, just talking about me. Now, Aquaman... Again, just opinions, but this movie did nothing for us. Like, I mean, literally, we've said it before, so we won't repeat ourselves too much, but Steve and I are sitting in the movie theater looking at each other like, should we stay? Mm -hmm. there, I think that is literally the first comic-related movie where I was ready just to walk the fuck out. It had no appeal to me. I thought the acting was wooden. I think that the script was terrible. The soundtrack was terrible. And I understand that it, to some people it's a fun movie. I get that. You know, I mean, there is action in it. It's not like we were just sit there staring at like a chalkboard and, and nothing's going on. There's a big giant movie in front of us, but it did not hit me the way that it's hitting everybody else. And I know you agree with me on that. I don't know if it's like mass hypnosis. I don't know if it's that the DC fans just wanted something so bad they wanted this movie to succeed. But to say that it's better than Wonder Woman, which I've heard from several people, it's, it's outrageous to me. You know what I mean? I, I don't get it. And I'm not going to say that I could make a movie like James Wan did. I mean, the man is very talented. You know, he did fan, fantastic with The Conjuring. Um, I think he's got a lot of talent, but this movie did absolutely nothing for me. I know I've been talking about it ad nauseum. I'm not going to do it anymore. Steve, thoughts on Aquaman? It's okay. I'm going to make a quick metaphor. It's as if my son and I walked into a room Right. A person that I understand has I mean, we both have interesting, differing opinions, but I know the world in which he lives. We walk into a room filled with 50 people and I walk in and all I hear is goody goo goo, goony goo goo, goony goo goo. Everybody, I walk up to someone, they're like goony goo goo. And I walk up to another person, I'm like goody, I was like, what's going on here? Goony goo goo, goony goo goo. All night and then I leave and my son is like, dad, I had some fantastic conversations in there. And I'm like, what the They're like, oh yeah, great conversation. And then everyone that leaves the room is like, dude, wasn't that incredible when that guy Goonie Goo Gooed you? And I'm like, okay, wait. Wait. Did I miss? And then people I trust come out and say, whoa. They Goonie Goo Gooed the piss out of that combo. And I'm like, it makes me, for a second, you have to think, maybe I missed the conversation. Should I go back in that room and, and talk to the people? Because maybe I'm bugging. That's where I'm at. But I know I don't need to go back into that movie. For, I know it. I know it was bad. But something happened. Something happened. And maybe this is what people felt in um, Avatar. Is this what people felt in that movie? Like, I loved it so much that people thought, but I can't. I can't imagine Avatar was this bad to people. I just can't. This is what gets me. Okay, let's take another movie like, say, uh, episode one of Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Okay, when that movie came yes. out, there was so much anticipation from everyone, including myself. I mean, I was there day one. I stood in line back when you actually had to stand in line for movies because, you know, that's it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like, at least around these parts, we don't really have to do that anymore. But on this one, I think I stood in line for probably two and a half hours to see this movie. I mean, we got there really early. You know, you couldn't pick your seats back then or anything like that. Sat down, watched this movie. The lights go out. Star Wars flashes on the screen. You hear the fanfare. You know, you're, it's, it was awesome, right? Then the movie plays out. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, I, I already knew it. Like, there's something off about this movie. I don't know what it is. You know, we get our Jar Jar Binks. I, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Jake Lloyd, you know, again, was terrible. I'm not going to go into that. But what I'm getting at is I'm watching this movie play out, 
And when the movie was over, we walked out kind of like looking at each other like, that was good, right? But we weren't saying it for someone to agree with us. We wanted some kind of confirmation that the movie was good in that. In that. So if like, if you say it, I'll say it and then it'll be true kind of thing. And yes. it just wasn't the case, you know? So that one was rather quickly. Like, I think, I think it took me probably like to convince myself that it was terrible. It took me a couple of days before I finally went, you know what? I just, that just wasn't a good movie. It just wasn't good at all. It, you know, there was some things about it that were kind of cool, but it just wasn't a good movie. This movie was instantaneous. Like it's happening during the movie. Like after like, say maybe the first 30 minutes, I'm like, uh Oh, we're in trouble. Here. Something's wrong. You know what I mean? But I'm, I was thinking that maybe that was what was going to happen with other people. They were going to just go, oh, that was awesome because it was a DC movie and it was more lively and not so dark and everything. And then eventually it would kind of wear off. But the movie just keeps making money and making more money and making more money. And people are just praising this movie. And I don't get it. So, I mean, I guess that's your definition of overrated, in my opinion. I, it's just not for me. Enjoy your trophy, guys. Speaking of enjoyment, Steve, I really enjoyed your Goonie Goo Goo throwback. <laughs> Eddie Murphy there for you. <laughs> I know he's a I know a Bigfoot when I see one. <laughs> so delirious. Moving on, Steve. The next noisy is going. You know, I like this one. I don't know if there's any other award shows that have done this one so far. So I actually really like this one. This one's going, ladies and gentlemen, to the coldest quote in a movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is a dope one. I like yeah. this one. I thought that it would be kind of like a long thing to do personally if we just did a whole bunch of honorable mentions. Yes. So I think we should just go straight to it. We should stick it to him. Would you not agree? Affirmative. Now, this is the weird one. The way this actually shook out, it kind of did a reverse thing for our picks. <laughs> it yeah, did a weird yeah. reverse because there was a movie there was a movie quote from one of your favorite movies that stuck with me. And there was a movie quote from my favorite, one of my favorite movies that stuck with you. So um, we're gonna let's start with you, Dan. You have the mic. What is your coldest quote of the year? Now, first of all, before I give it, Steve, I'm going to say that uh, we were actually sitting down. We were writing these out, mm-hmm. thinking of what we were going to do. And I'd kind of forgotten about that one. It was It's so good, the one that you oh, picked. Dude. I still think mine's a good pick because of the effect that it had. Um, mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about the Thanos snap yes. and, um, you know, the effect that it had on the audience. You know, people are still talking about it to this day. So I'm going to go ahead and play the audio for my coldest quote, guys. Here it is. This one goes to, my noisy, I should say, goes to Thanos in Infinity War for You Should Have Gone for the Head. I told you. You'd die for that. there changed the game in the movie right there everything went like oh 
So like I think a lot of people knew. Like a lot of people knew where this movie is going to go. But the people that went in, that maybe maybe you take your mom to go see an Avengers yes. movie or something like yes. that. They did not know what was coming. And when that happened and what followed after that, people are still talking about to this day. I thought it was doper than dope. And uh, yeah, so Thanos you get your award. Now, Thanos couldn't be here, ladies and gentlemen, because he's trying to stay incognito and stay out of the camera limelight, if you will, uh, until Avengers Endgame comes out. But maybe, so maybe next year, we'll bring him back and we'll bring Thanos in. For Sheezy. Now, what I love about that little, that quote is what preceded it, where, you know, Thor did the most. And you're like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. The Russo brothers did a perfect, perfect switcheroo. Where they're like, ha ha, hey, Thor comes in and becomes a god almost now. He's, we saw Thor as uh, he's learning that he's a god now. He's getting it now. You know what I'm saying? And then he just, that quote, dude. Because I didn't know what was going to happen at the end. So when that quote happened, I almost fell out of my seat. It's colder than cold, man. Because really, he could have just snapped. Yep. But he's like, oh, you, you know what it was? It was like menace to society, man. Remember that detective? He was like, you know you done fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know you just fucked up, right? I love how he did this thing where he's like, he acted like he couldn't really talk until he got close up on him. He was like, shit, <laughs> A little bit closer. A little bit closer, Thor. That is so yeah. dope. Come on. I mean, you know, honestly, I like the way, I'll be honest, I'm going to be very honest with you, actually. I think that um, the audio I'm about to play has a much colder tone to it. And this is why this movie is one of my favorite movies of the year. But that is just a cold-ass quote right there, because he did toy with Thor in that. And uh, so Thanos, my man, there you go. Love it. Enjoy your noisy. Steve, please. My coldest quote. The reason I chose this quote is because when I watched this movie... I was watching it, uh, and I was like, this is a good movie, good movie, good movie. This is what put it over to a really good movie, where he says this next quote is the last thing in the world you ever in your life want to hear from someone who is dangerous. You, For me, I would rather them just kill me on the spot. That's what I would rather than to hear the next quote from Summer of 84 that you're going to hear. <laughs> You stole my life! You do not need to be sorry. All I want to do is kill you. It's not enough for you. You have spent so much time thinking about me. I want you to keep thinking about me. I want you to imagine what I am going to do when I come back for you. I am going to come back for you. After you spent your life looking over your shoulder. After you have wandered every single day. If that is the day that I'm gonna come for you. One day, you'll be right. That kid was shitting his pants. <laughs> that was the quote, Gene. That was the quote. Such a good movie. I remember movie. after I saw that, I texted you, it was like, dog. That, that dude said, 
you're gonna he said you're gonna be spending your life looking over your shoulder wondering when i'm gonna come for you and one day you'll be right gee what it's over it's over John. it's not oh that that's the quote right there dog here's what i'll here's what i will say if you want to know what exactly the context of that quote is pick up summer of 84 and know that someone on your screen is going to say that at the end of this movie. <laughs> Woo! It is a cold quote, G. It is worth watching. And the thing is, the movie's even better than that quote. But that quote is what took this movie from an oh, how adorable movie to a, oh my God, this just got dark. Super dark. Fantastic. Fantastic job. Both of them are great quotes. Infinity War, Thanos, this movie, whoever said it, Summer of 84, Mystery Person. I would recommend, since most of you guys have already seen Infinity Wars, I imagine, if you haven't seen Summer of 84, pick it up, check it out. Great quote, just like Dan said. So, there are your awards, ladies and gentlemen. You deserve it. That one was probably the most spoilery, wouldn't you say? That one is the most spoilery. The good thing is that you can't really, the way the person is doing their voice, I wouldn't be able to tell who the crap it was. It could be anybody. The only thing you know is it's, it's, a, it's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna pretty much be like well the women didn't do it in this movie it's a guy that's all you're gonna know up next ladies and gentlemen another noise he's going out and this one is a nice little category i think i think it's not exactly the most original but i like this category and this one is for best villain of 2018 yeah. steve you want to do the honors look people we loved a lot of movies and we loved a lot of villains and we loved a lot of uh actors who played those villains which kind of gave us a connection to whoever villain we liked whatever whatever but when we when dan and i sat down and thought about who literally was the best villain this year um well first we do we do have honorable mentions first of all because we actually thought about certain people who were some of the honorable mentions that we thought of before we actually picked the winner I'll just kind of go random with these because there are some good ones here. There was a lot of good antagonists this yes. year. I, I love some of the characters that I was yes. introduced to. Some of them I've seen come to life, you know, through comics, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but let me go ahead and just start. So the first honorable mention that we have, I think we agreed on most of these here, is Eric Killmonger for Black Panther. Oh, that was close. For me, that was really close. It just, the stakes weren't there. It was, it was one of the characters that I've seen as a villain that where it's almost understandable. Yes. Like you get why he's this way. You ha you empathize with mm -hmm. him. I mean, he had good reasons for it. And you know, you when you humanize him, there wasn't a lot of like superpowers going on or anything, at least at first. It's just a very relatable character. You know what I mean? If you've, you're dealing with loss, you're dealing with family, and you could see why a man's so angry and why he went through the depths that he did yes. and what he did. So, and, and on top of that, man, again, Michael B. Jordan oh, is just smoking up the screen these days. Dude. You know, and the screen, he kind of owned the screen this year. Uh, Creed II, amazing as well. But Killmonger was special. You know, adding to his being in Black Panther, it just really worked all the way around. He was the first villain that we saw this year. Freaking fantastic. Eric Killmonger. Fan. Okay. This is, a, as Dan so wonderfully put it, a Nietzsche choice. And I'll give it to Dan for putting it in there because this is Dan's doing and it's a great pick. Um, this is Grandma from Preacher. Um, Played by Betty Buckley, by the way. Let's give credit where credit's due because she did a phenomenal job. job. Fantastic job. I hated her. 
through the <laughs> whole season. <laughs> I hated this woman. Oh, especially, and it re you really hate her because there's nothing you can really do about her. She, she, I won't say, we won't ruin it, but what we will say is there isn't exactly a lot you can do without hurting yourself. <laughs> you can't really do much about her. And, yeah, uh, Grandma's had Jesse Custer punked oh, for a whole season. And she was rough. Again, she's an honorable mention. I think for me, it's obviously because just the stakes weren't there for me. And uh, I thought she was really, really, but I think Buckley just did an incredible job bringing her from the comic to life. Fantastic job. By the way, guys, if you have not read Preacher, please read it. Oh, and while I'm thinking about it, if you guys have Comixology, I'm not really plugging Comixology, but uh, I think this is worth mentioning. Right now, as of I think it was maybe two or three days ago, you can actually read the whole Preacher series on Comixology if you have it. So if you have not, maybe you haven't heard of Preacher. Uh, if you've heard of Preacher and you've seen the show and you're thinking about reading it and maybe you don't want to spend all that money, now's the time to do it because with your unlimited subscription, I think it's like $9.99 a month, you can bust all those out. I promise you, please believe me, this will be one of the best stories you've ever read in comics, period. Maybe I'm biased, but I'm, I'm still, you know, we do do a podcast about it. But there's a reason that we do a freaking podcast about it. Preacher is the shit. You know, the dope thing is, I, I know that, I mean, they've always been popular. But comics are, uh, especially in the news right now, because, you know, you, did you see AOC quoted Watchmen? No, I didn't. She did. She, uh, someone was talking about how, oh, you know, this, you know, um, she's brand new in Congress and... People are threatened by her. New Democrats are very threatened by this amazing firebrand that is AOC. Um, I need to chill on her because I understand that there is an actual person she's interested in. So, um, yeah, she's, a, she's amazing. But what happened was uh, someone tweeted out, let me try and save folks some time here. You cannot rein in a Latina. They rein you in. Exactly. And they said, uh, uh, AOC said, to quote Alan Moore, none of you understand. I'm not locked up in here with you. You're locked up in here with me. <laughs> what? People were like, wait, what? Did she just quote Rorschach? Bruh, when you're quoting, because you know me and Watchmen, you know that's my book, Second to Preacher. Actually, careful now. They're neck and neck. They're neck and neck, dude. I don't know. If I read Watchmen today, I probably would put it above Preacher. But then if I read Preacher the next day, I yeah, would put, yeah, yeah, it's one it of those uh, keep on how you're feeling on the day. Bingo. And and the Watchmen was so far ahead of the game that it just blew me away. But yeah, um, look, people, I think it's a big deal that this is happening. That we're in an age where, <laughs> you know, people like ARC or, are quoting you know, Watchmen. It's a it's a brand new day. It just made me. It, it gave me so much joy knowing that that actually is happening. Which you know, again, it brings us into this. Uh, like we just were talking about Killmonger, how they're relatable. Comics are relatable now. We can relate. I can relate to Killmonger. I can relate to certain aspects of Preacher. Not as much as Killmonger, but I can still relate to things that they do. Um, and I think it's a special thing that we're looking for in a great villain, in a best villain, someone that you can say, I get why they're doing that. Cause there's some villains that are just evil for evil's sake. And I can't understand why they're doing what they're doing. They're just like the Joker. I will never understand the Joker because the Joker is ununderstand. He's not understandable. He's like, no, 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 you don't get it. I just kill to kill. It's my thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Whereas someone like Killmonger, he's not killing to kill. He kills for a grand reason. There's a part in, uh, in Grandma. Grandma does not just say, I'm going to kill for killing's sake. She has a bartering system saying, I know that if I do this, I get something out of it. That's her thing. And she also has a deal with somebody that we're not going to talk about. All of these villains we're about to mention have a thing where it's just like, I get it. I understand why they're doing that. I told, and then obviously the winner is the person that we probably a either understood the most or b kind of understood but had the biggest stakes. So um, again, Grandma, fantastic Preacher. If you haven't read Preacher, you're going to be out of the conversation. I think Preacher is going to be in the conversation in a minute. Right now, it's not very much, but you have to read Preacher. So even if I don't know if Comicsology has a a free trial or anything, but if it does, I don't know. Use it to, to get preacher because I mean, every time I reread that freaking comic, man, jeez Louise, dog. I'll tell you this if it does have a free trial, let's say it's a week, oh. make sure you have time because you truly could blast through this oh, whole thing dude, in a week easily. But it's 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 unlike anything you've ever read. I just promise ever, you, ever, ever, G, ever. There are there are characters in this freaking book that you will never, I mean. Let's just go Cassidy. Is there a Cassidy anywhere else? There's no Cassidy. Cassidy is a one, it's a once in a lifetime character. Cassidy is a one shot deal. And I don't think they should ever really try to recreate that. And I think that they got as close as they could on the television show. Preacher's a very hard show to bring to the television, but somehow they've done it. But you can see if you read it and you love it the way that we do, you'll know why they can't do certain things. You know what I mean? So that's uh, well, who's our next honorable mention, brother? Next honorable mention, Steve, is going to Art the Clown. Yes. Guys, we've talked about this enough. I'm going to be really quick on this one here. But again, I'm going to say it because I mean it with all my heart. There is Jason. There is Freddy. There is Michael Myers. There is Leatherface. Soon. He's going to have his home right next to them. Art the Clown is one of the most amazing badass slashers that I've seen in, like, maybe ever. He's fantastic, yep. but it's all about body acting. There's no words that come out of this man's mouth the entire time. Terrifier's fantastic. Art the Clown is amazing. But I think that David H. Thornton did a fantastic job with this character. I don't know if uh, anyone else could really emulate that. There's a movie called All Hallows' Eve that's sort of like a prequel to the Art the Clown saga, but it's not played by David H. Thornton. Um, David H. Thornton knocks it out of the frickin' park with this one here, man. Uh, I'm telling you, fight me on this one. Challenge me and show me a better new slasher. I'll listen to you, but I'll probably strongly disagree with you. Amazing. Just And even if you don't believe me or you don't want to watch it, just look him up. He's terrifying. No pun intended. Art the Clown. That's my second honorable mention. I guess it's kind of our third if we're going in a group here, but fantastic. Check it out. And... I saved you a good one, dude. The last honorable mention is again from the same show as Grandma. It's Air Star from Preacher. Um, look, here's what I'll say. He was great in the comic. He is so entertaining on the show. I mean, uh, what is it, Pip Torrin? Pip Torrance. He is so good on the show as Hairstar. <laughs> it's so fun. I And the thing is, I question, I don't think he's a villain, though. I mean, I guess he just believes in what he's doing. 
Exactly. He's a he's a super religious person. That's it. But he's cold, though. He's cold in how he executes things. I mean, like, think about, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but think about that training scene. There's a scene, um, I'm going to let you guys find it. I won't even tell you what season or anything like that. But there is a scene where they show the, I guess, it's an introduction to Hairstar. And he was cold-blooded as fuck in that scene, Steve. Don't you think? I mean, like, he, or do you think he was just, again, believing so much what he has to do that he'll do anything to make sure that it happens? He wasn't totally cold because they were just like, Good job. You won. That was what he was supposed to do. I guess that's true. Yeah. They're like, good job. You passed the test. I don't think he even thinks he's a good guy. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? He's, he's, just, he's uh, just neither. He's, he's, he's just a handling his business. That's it. Means to an end. But it's a great pick still. I think that he definitely fits into the villain category. Just for the purposes of this, I think he does. And I think he's fantastic. So guys, if you're not watching Preacher, check it out. It's fantastic. We've already talked enough about the comic, but watch the show as well. And the winner is Dan. Steve, the winner is Thanos for Avengers Infinity War. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Tell me his name again. Thanos. When I'm done, half of humanity will still exist. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. I hope they remember you. said so much about Thanos this show. We really you guys have. Get it. Yeah, we get <laughs> we, it. You get it. We get it. You get it. So we could stretch it out, but we're not going to do that. Just guys, Thanos. Now here's my fun one. Here's the one that I'm going to put a stake in the sand on, ladies and gentlemen. We're here to talk about best actor. Dan, you have a pick too, but you're the one with uh, honorable mentions. So why don't you get your honorable mentions out? Because I don't have any. So my first honorable mention is going to one Bradley Cooper, Steve. And the movie that I'm talking about is A Star is Born. Yeah. Look, dude, Bradley Cooper acted and directed his ass off on this movie. And I, I've been trying, I really, really want you to see this one so you'll see what I'm talking about. But it's the way that he portrays a very tortured artist who's an alcoholic, who is a drug addict, who is struggling, who actually falls in love and is trying to maintain, you know, some level of normalcy, but it, but it ultimately succumbs to his demons, you know? And he, he does a fantastic job with this. I'm still kind of wondering if he might win in the Oscars. I'm not sure. If he did, I'll say this. I wouldn't be disappointed. Uh, If you have not seen A Star is Born yet, 
I really think it's one of the best movies of the year. I did have a top 10, and I'll be honest with you. It's been a couple of days, and I, I kind of went back and forth with it. I was thinking, ah, does it? It was there at first, and then it wasn't, and then it was. And I had to you know, make a decision. Like on the last show, we had to finally make a decision. But I'll be honest with you. I was screwing with the numbers on that and the order of things, like all the way up until recording time. I kind of regret not putting that one in there, but it, you know, it's done. He totally gets my first honorable mention. Secondly, Steve, now this is another one you haven't seen. This one has to do with the chameleon aspect of things and the fact that this man went into his character so deeply, you kind of lost him. And, you know, and someone to do something like that would be like, say, uh, Gary Oldman has done that many times. Who I'm talking about is Christian Bale, and that's for Vice. He dove into the character of Dick Cheney so well that you just, I just didn't see him anymore, man. I mean, I know some of it was prosthetics, but his uh, mannerisms in this movie, his voice acting in this movie, I completely forgot it's Christian Bale, you know? And this is another one that I'm talking about where if he wins, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be disappointed about it because he acted his ass off in this movie. Uh, I thought that Vice was fantastic. Again, check this one out as well, people, if you have not seen it yet. But Christian Bale gets my honorable mention, my last honorable mention. That brings us to my choice. For best actor of the year. And this, this, was, this was not easily gotten. There was a lot of people that you had to think about. But there was one person, in my opinion, that literally left the pack. I mean, he took this movie and said, hey, pack, I'm going to go ahead and leave a little early. And the pack was like, we didn't even see you leaving. Because that's how he left. We're talking about Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. It's over. It's over. He turned into Freddie Mercury. He did the whole jogging up the stairs thing. I mean, it, they show the side-by-side -side of the Live Aid concert. He was right on. And not only that, but that was the first scene they shot. The first performance scene was the Live Aid concert. And he's like, I just had to keep going from there. Because if you can't do that scene, we can't do anything then. Rami Malek. Bohemian Rhapsody is my actor of the year. Dan, who's yours? You know, let me say, dude, that's a good one, too. Like, all the people that we're talking about in this particular category, honestly, like, they all deserve it. They were all just acted their asses off this year. And you're right. Like, the side-by-sides are phenomenal. If you were to, like, watch that movie, particularly the end, you know, the last scene where it's at Live Aid, oh, and then, like, watch it immediately after the real it's Live crazy. Aid. crazy. I'm not going to argue with you on that there. I think that... Uh, I like my pick a little bit stronger, but it's all about yeah. opinion. You know what I'm saying? And again, uh -huh. they're all fantastic. But the one that I'm giving this to, my winner of a 2019 noisy, ladies and gentlemen, is going to Vigo Mortensen for Green Book. Yeah. Some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Public relations. Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's gonna be problems. 
Tell me that don't smell good. I've never had fried chicken in my life. You people love the fried chicken. You have a very narrow assessment of me, Tony. Yeah, right? I prefer not to get grease on my blanket. Ooh, I'm gonna get grease on my blanket. This gentleman says that I'm not permitted to dine here. How does he smile and shake their hands like that? Because it takes courage to change people's hearts. Viggo Mortensen smashed it in this movie. He plays Tony Lip, and listen, there's a lot of talk going on about this movie. That's it's not just talk; it's like it's facts. There, there. This movie was not very factual, as Bohemian Rhapsody was not that factual either. As far as facts go, I probably I don't know where the story bends more. You know what I mean? But I will say that there is a little bit of controversy with this movie. That said, Viggo Mortensen took what he had and absolutely destroyed the screen in this movie. He plays an amazing... Um, <laughs> he plays an amazing racist. <laughs> that's the best way I can put yeah. it. You know? He does. And you know what? And I know that that's not your kind of thing to, to deal with. Like, uh, I know you find it a little bit cliche for the, the racist to start off that way and then, you know, come to terms with it and then find out that he was wrong and become a different person in the end. But... I, I can't change my opinion on this one. I've thought about this one long and hard. Viggo Mortensen is fantastic. It's probably the best I've ever seen him. I'm, I'm a fan of him, but my first introduction to him was uh, Aragorn in the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. That's, that's just where I. That's just where I started seeing him, you know. And um, he's never really been on my radar that hard outside of that movie. Although he's done some great movies, this one here he just tears up the screen. Uh, I can't change my mind. I'm sticking with it. Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. That's Tony Lip. Have you seen? Uh, have you, remember him in History of Violence? That's where. That's where I got introduced. To okay, him. that's a good I was introduction. Like, oh, this dude. Yeah. Is a, so I always knew. Oh, he's something. Even though he portrays this racist character, you find this likability about him. It's the way that it's written, you know. And I know it's it's. On this one, I really had to kind of just step out of myself and how I really feel about those kind of things and just watch the movie for what it was. But he's charming as hell. He's funny. There are some hilarious parts in this movie. And I really liked the way that when they did finally turn the character around, I liked how he presented himself. I'm shocked that you put this above Bradley Cooper. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's kind of hard with this. These these actors killed it this year. Even with Rami Malek, you know what I mean? They all found a way to completely, I mean, I guess that's what actors do. You know what I'm saying? But they found a way to go so far away from themselves, their actual selves in this one. I had to pick somebody. This is the movie that really affected me the most this year, uh, just uh, as far as in this category goes. Uh, it's a, He's a charming character, man. Tony Lip is a charming character in this movie, and he did fantastic. Dope. Um, obviously, the next category is best actress now dan has quite the list of honorable mentions yeah i'll blast through them quickly man <laughs> go for it so this is really in no particular order here i wrote these down who are the characters that really are the actresses i should say mm-hmm. that really just knocked it out of the park and uh so no particular order on this one at least uh first one i'm giving to is yalitza aparicio there you are my lady there she is again isn't she adorable steve look at her adorbs Yulisa Aparicio tore the screen up in a way that's different than the rest of them because she hardly said anything in this movie. I mean, yeah. and when she said it, it was just so effective and so gut-wrenching. She kind of came out of nowhere. I believe this is her first role. And for a first role, she was absolutely amazing in this. I'd like to see what she does next after this. I mean, I'd like to think that there's more to her. I really think there's going to be. Guys, please, please, please check this movie out. Secondly, Tony Collette for Hereditary was fantastic. Uh, as far as the movie goes, it's kind of up for debate with people on whether it was a great movie. Was it even a horror movie? Was it, you know, just a suspense movie? But as uh, an actress by herself, Tony Collette 
there's a scene in this movie where she deals with uh, a loss of a family member. That's all I'm going to say. And the performance that she puts in in that particular scene, you feel the pain. Like, I was like, shit, I don't, I, I, it's totally believable. Like, I, I think I would be that same way myself in that particular situation. Just amazing. So, Tony Collette, definitely for Hereditary. Lady Gaga, I cannot speak highly enough about her. Um, this is the first time I've ever seen her act. I know that she's been in the American Horror Story, and I, I didn't see any of that. I don't even know which season it is because I don't watch the show. But, if that is how she's coming out swinging for her first movie, look out because she really tore it up. Again, you feel real loss in this movie as well. And when she, in her darkest times, she kills it, man. Like she, she brings tears to the eyes in this one. Obviously, her singing voice is on point, but uh, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born is another one I had to talk about. Up next, I had to give it up to Regina King and if Bill Street could talk because. Of Dude, I mean, not much needs to be said about this one here. She just knows how to rip at your heartstrings, man. And like we said on the last show, there's something about that woman's eyes where you really see what she's feeling. I can't really think of a time where I didn't like Regina King. She's pretty much... Like, there's some movies where I was like, I didn't care for the character in this one. She is fantastic all the way around. She's so seasoned. And, you know, I, I I think one day she's going to win an Oscar for Best Actress. Oh, for sure. I don't think she's getting that she's going to be supporting, I believe, as a nominee for the Oscars. But one of these days, Regina King will get Best Actress. Mark my words. She's that fantastic. But the one that I'm giving it to, Steve, the recipient of the 2019 Noisy for Best Actress goes to a young lady by the name of Elsie Fisher for eighth grade. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Kayla back with another video. So the topic of today's video is being yourself. Being yourself can be hard, and it's like, aren't I always being myself? And yeah, for sure. But being yourself is like not changing yourself to impress someone else. A lot of people like call me quiet or shy or whatever, but I'm not quiet. Most quiet. I don't talk a lot at school, but if people talk to me and stuff, they'd find out that I'm like really funny and cool and talkative. By the way, I like your shirt a lot. It's like so cool. What? I'm really like nervous all the time. I try really hard not to feel that way. But you just need to face your fears and let people know they're really you. I was a complete mess when I was your age. Really? Eighth grade is the worst. You never know what's next, and that's what makes things exciting and scary and fun. Man. I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but great things. Well, speaking of having seen it, guys, you can actually watch this movie on Prime Video now. It just popped this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. She was able to manifest a level of discomfort in this movie. And when I say discomfort, it's more like an uncomfortable thing I'm getting at. Um, You really felt for this girl. Uh, There's a particular scene in the movie where she's ashamed of her body. She's ashamed of, of how she looks. And she has to go to a swim party with a bunch of popular kids. And she didn't even want to be at this situation. You know, she didn't want to be at this party. Uh, it was kind of forced to go. And how she deals with this and the anxiety attack that she has prior to entering this party and how she kind of maneuvers her way through it. It's amazing, man. Um, the scene with her and her father where they finally come to some type of a, I don't want to say agreement, but they kind of see eye to eye what's going on is amazing. I hope I see a lot more of her. She's just getting started. Please check this movie out. Elsie Fisher for 8th Grade is my Best Actress nominee and pick for the 2019 Noisy. Nice. <laughs> my winner uh, for Actress 
um, of the or best actress is Yalitza Apricio for Roma. We have said nothing but great things about her. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please go see it. She's incredible. And I would just point to one scene in a hospital that is just a work of art. She's amazing. She's great. She has I her I mean her future is bright. Can't wait to see what she does next. Yalitza Apricio Roma. That's my pick. It's a damn Seems good like pick. Roma's all over the place. Roma is all over the place. At least with us. I mean Yeah, it's all over the place. Oh sniff! I love you do know that this is like the thing for me, because you know I love my horror. Our next category is best horror movie. And oddly enough, there's only one recipient because Dan and I are not insane. But there are honorable mentions. Go for it, Dan. Quickly, I'll just go with them here. Uh, Steve, I know you're going to disagree with me on this one, but I thought that Hereditary had some elements into it. On the whole, now, on the whole, not the scariest movie I've seen, but there were some parts in this movie that were downright disturbing. So I had to give it an honorable mention. Another one that's not possibly a horror movie maybe it's a thriller it kind of goes back and forth depending on who you ask but again we've mentioned it before so i'm not going to give it too much time but summer of 84 check this one out but steve i can't announce this one and here's the reason why you're the horror guy between the two of us man you have turned me on to some amazing movies horror 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 is what we've talked about that's kind of one of the common grounds that we've had when we first met each other so i gotta give this one to you man please announce it winner of horror movie of the year for the 2019 Noises has to go to the terrifying. What if that guy did this to What guy? The clown? Do you really think someone slashed my tires? Well, he knows this is your car. Hey, handsome! Cut it out. My friend wants your number. Kill you. What is Tara? Dawn and I are sort of stranded. She has a flat tire and no spare, and I was kind of hoping you could pick us up. We are not safe here. This guy is armed, and he's a total maniac. What is wrong with you? What, did you think he was gonna hack me up into little pieces or something? Fantastic movie, again, we've talked a lot about this movie. So all I'm going to say is, people, I love horror, and if you love horror, and have not seen The Terrifier, you are doing yourself a disservice. Because this is a great movie. Cannot wait for the sequel. Watch it. It's now officially an award-winning movie because it's a noisy award winner. So I don't know if that makes a difference for you. It should. (laughs) So go watch this award-winning movie, Terrifier, which is our winner for Best Horror Movie. You know that would look good on a poster too, huh? Winner of the 2019 Noisy Come Award. Come on. Come on, dude. I Come think on. we should like tweet David H. Thornton and see if he can make that happen for us, man. Because we how should, many awards are they getting? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know we the answer to that. get a million, but none of them are going to be as big as ours. It ain't going to be the Noisy. I'll tell you that much, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, as we move along, I hope you're having fun. This one is for Best Thriller. 
this movie, when I walked out of the movie, you know those times you walk in a movie and say, now that's a movie. That is a movie. Ladies and gentlemen, directed by John Krasinski, starring Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, we're talking about A Quiet Place. So still, shh, shh, you're all alone, shh, shh, and so peaceful until people. I, I'm sure most of you have seen it. This movie did a number on me because any I have never had a footstep make me jump. Stepping on something. On screen, I was like, oh! <laughs> it's like, oh no, because it's so long without any freaking sound. Fantastic movie, great directorial debut by John Krasinski. I loved it. I thought that their chemistry was fantastic. The kids were great. Everything was good about this movie. It was almost a perfect movie. The winner of the Noisy for 2019's Best Thriller is The Quiet Place. Did you love it, Dan? From the get-go, I love this movie, man. The, oh. There is a part right at the very beginning of this movie oh, where they're in a store. There's a toy that almost gets dropped. You're already, you're minutes into the movie, and you're like, oh, don't drop that goddamn toy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the kind of feeling that this movie has. Uh, there's a scene with a newborn baby where you're just like, shut that kid up. I mean, you... Yep. Obviously, silence is the key to this movie. That's why it's called A Quiet Place, but stakes are high with this movie. And uh, yeah, it had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. For a PG-13 movie, this movie rocked it. So yes, I I can't say enough about it, man. A Quiet Place is fantastic. No question whatsoever. Some would say that it had me at hello. (laughs) God damn it, Steve. Such a great quote. Such a great quote. The biggest swinger from Tom Cruise's Nuts award goes to... <laughs> oh, it's for a dude. Me. Steve's like, oh. <laughs> oh no, no, no. no question. I love black people. Gee, you're not going to win. That's just the one. <laughs> you're like, and that was when I knew. <laughs> that would be like, who's coming with me? That's the best. <laughs> Don't you all stand up at once. So good. Anyway, comedy of the year. Dan, we saw a lot of comedies this year. We did. But you have a lot of honorable mentions. What honorable mentions for comedy have you gotten? Not a lot, just a couple. And these, this was a hard one for me, man. I'm teetering, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with my final decision, okay? But I'm, okay. Still, but I'm telling you, I'm teetering. Uh, so my first honorable mention is the movie Tag with Jeremy Renner. That was a really fun movie, man. Like I love that it was based on a, a real life situation where these people exist. They're out there and they were playing this game. And, and um, not only was it a fun movie, you know, it, it was kind of fast paced and it had some action in it. And um, it wrapped up very nicely. It was a very heartwarming movie, you know, because there was this group of friends that actually played this game and the story around why they're playing this game this particular time around was a very heartwarming thing, you know, um, sad, if you will, but a great movie. One of the top three that I could say this year, but my second choice, and this is where I teeter, sir, is going to Big Mouth Season 2 for Best Comedy because Big Mouth Season 2, the writing team in this is so damn fantastic, man. When you have Jason Manzukas, and then you have Nick Kroll, and then you have John Mulaney, as I'm going to put it in your term, they are working at a tick 
like no other, man. And I mean, Jason Manzoukas is fantastic, but I mean, the team that I've really fallen in love with over the last year is Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. That's a combination that I just, I, I can't get enough of. I love it because it's like real deal shit that you don't really talk about as a kid that's happening on screen. And the way that they're able to do this and get these points across and show the uncomfortableness and the get as graphic as they do is 100% because it's animated. And I loved Maya Rudolph was in this here, man. It's just, um, it, it, it's fantastic. That's all I'm going to say. But the movie that I had to give it to is the same one that you're going to agree with me on, man. And I know that we sat down and we thought long and hard about this one. I'm going to let you do the honor, sir. I gave the honorable mentions. You go ahead and give the award. The award for best comedy for the noises of two... 2019 is Game Night, starring Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, and Jesse Plemons. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this was a funny freaking movie. Oh, and Kyle Chandler. Oh, he just did a great turn. Fantastic. He came a long way from Friday Night Lights. But let me tell you something. I didn't. I walked into this movie thinking it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It was more than fine. <laughs> Jason Bateman I could watch, though. That's not fair because I can watch Jason Bateman doing anything because of his attitude. Everything's so sarcastic. Yeah, there's just a way about him that's super likable, even when he's yes. in darker roles, you know what I mean? Or even when oh, he's playing dude. like a villain or something like that. There's just something super likable about him. I've really not disliked him in anything, to be honest with you. It's so good, people. Watch Game Night. Not much I can say about this movie because there's no amazing twist. It's just a funny movie. It's a great, I hope that they make another one because I think they could actually go somewhere with this. Sure. I think it's a great movie. Loved it. Game night. Noisy. Recipient. It's an award-winning movie, by the way. Do you know that, Dan? It is now, my friend. It is now. Yes, sir. Um, you know, that, yes. one person that I have to give like super, super props to in this movie because I think that without him, the movie would have been a little, not necessarily flat, but... He tied it together so nicely and he kept the laughs coming the entire time. And every time he was on the screen, there was this level of humor and discomfort every single time. And that is Jesse Plemons. Oh, dude, he's fantastic. And the way that he has that awkward, like, it's like when you're, when you're running into somebody and you, it's like, oh, hey, man. And you don't really want to hang out with them, but he has you trapped. And he's trapping you with his eyes. You can't leave his lock. You know what I mean? Because he's got his eyes oh, locked dude. on you. Um, dude. The relationship that he had with his dog. There's a scene in the movie where they get he gets invited into the house. Or excuse me. They get invited into his house. And there is just so much tension for a comedy movie that dude. it's just great, man. Like, I really think that he made the movie. One of my favorite Jesse Plemons moments of the year was Black Mirror. Episode one of Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just incredible, man. So... Uh, yeah, Jesse Plemons was kind of like the star, in my opinion. Even though Jason Bateman was the star, I think that Jesse Plemons was the one that shined the most. So, yes, comedy of the year gets the 2019 noisy game night. Which brings us to best drama of the year. Dan, I know you don't know my answer, so I was going to go first real quick. Sure. All right, so my pick for drama of the year, and actually I was thinking about it up until the time that I was editing these notes. And I still didn't have an idea of what mine was going to be until I finally was like, wait a minute, it's not a question for me. And the sad thing is, what your pick got real close, but nothing really stuck with me this year as much as Creed II, directed by Stephen Capel Jr. Really? It huh. was it. It was it. It touched my heart. It almost... They did another magic trick in this movie that was so special to me. Seeing Michael B. Jordan 
and Sylvester Stallone going kind of no, uh, you know, no pun intended, going blow for blow on screen. And there's a point where he almost had a rebirth in the middle of the desert that just took. I was more emotional than I should have been for that part. But when he when when there's a part where Sylvester Stallone says, get up, kid. And it hit me. Wow. And I was just like, oh, dude. And so, yeah, Creed 2 for me is best drama of the year. Really surprises me, man. I mean, I, I, that's great. I'm happy for you. I liked it. I loved Creed 2. You know what's weird? It's one of the only movies this year that got tears from my eyes. But it was a little bit, you know, I already talked about why I got emotional with that movie. Oh, yeah, that scene at the end, dude. And I, and I got to tell you, it's got one of the finest final shots ever where Rocky Balboa is looking oh, dude. at the ring. Because you know, at least we think we know, that that's it. That's the end oh, of the Rocky Balboa saga. He already, yeah, he already put it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying that one. I, I, think, that, I think What I'm saying is I think that he could easily change his mind. Oh, no, he could. He's going to be behind the scenes. I don't think he's doing Rocky anymore. <laughs> as much as I love Rocky, man, I, I kind of want to see him die on screen. We've come this far with Rocky. To see him die on screen would be... Probably the worst thing ever, man. and I mean that, that is, I and I mean that from a like my feelings would it would just crush me, and I yeah. in a weird way I kind of want to be crushed, man, because the struggle that he goes through in Creed, and I won't even spoil it that much, but the struggle that he goes through in, in Creed, where you see him get sick, like I was really surprised how much that affected me, you know. So to, yeah. to, to so to do this and watch Rocky take his last breath on screen, I kind of need to see that in a weird way. Some people would disagree with me. I need to see that. So I kind of want to see him come back for that. I don't think I'm going to get my wish, but no. I feel you, man. But no, that's a really good pick. I, I just, it was a very surprising pick. I wasn't expecting that at all. Now and it makes mine seem all oh, boring and generic. No, yours is dope, Jay. It got close. Oh, I bought the book of this, by the way, and I, I look forward to reading this one. But um, yeah, so my pick for Noisy, 2019 Noisy for Best Drama, is going to If Bill Street Could Talk, Steve. Yeah. You know, the movie's still fresh with me, and the feeling is still fresh with me. And just watching the love story that takes place, the the fact that they can't change what's going. It's I mean, what's coming in this movie is going like a freight train, and there's nothing that they can do to stop it, but they try their best to stop it. And I'm making it sound like an action movie. It's not that at all, man. But the way that family is dealt with in this movie uh, and the uh, inclusion of people into a family is a beautiful thing. Two families at odds. A racist cop that is like the worst person in the world ever. And the struggle that the black man had to go through during that time was gut-wrenching. The scenes that they show at the end of this movie made me tear up, man. Like I said before, the time period that this takes place in and the real shit that went down affected an entire generation of families. I mean, what's more real than that? You know what I mean? Yes. But the totally. acting is so, so well done in this movie, man. And yes. I just, uh, I just can't really, I'm going to see this movie again. I'm probably going to see it sooner than later. But if Bill Street could talk, it was an amazing, amazing movie. I hope it wins. Best drama. I can't get used to saying it. It's, it's still so new because we've never done this before. But the noisy is going to if Bill Street could talk. Dope. And this brings us to best TV show. I watched a lot of TV this year. So I'm very versed in what I, the fact that I picked one. This means that I really love this show. Dan, I know that you picked one, but you also had one that you also wanted to kind of talk about, possibly. What did you pick? 
First of all, let me tell you that there was a lot of television out there, man. Uh, but the reason that I'm including this in my honorable mentions is because it made me subscribe to a streaming service, first of all. But it also caught me by surprise. I was actually thinking it was just going to be eh. You know, I saw the way that the characters looked. And I was kind of like, mm, you know, and I'm still that way a little bit. But they managed to make my jaw drop and surprise the shit out of me. The violence is off the chain in this one. The use of profanity is not gratuitous. It actually works very well, even though the first thing that I ever heard, and I'm going to give it away right now if you've seen the show, was fuck Batman. The honorable mention that I'm talking about is Titans, man, on DCU streaming service. It's okay. dude, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. I'm trying to get you to watch this one too. I understand, you know, we can we can only have so many subscriptions, you know what I mean? But Titans is well worth it. I thought I was getting one thing, got something completely different, man. And the show just kept surprising me. Uh, the level of violence that it has kept surprising me. And the way that it ended with its little end credits spoiler, if you will, or, or preview or whatever you want to call that. Stinger is really the word that I'm looking for. I'm so game for season two, man. So Titans, definitely. Guys, check this out if you have not watched it yet. Uh, some friends in the UK, I know that you guys are just getting this one right now. And if you're not on board with it, Johnny Bucks, I'm talking to you. Watch this shit. I think it's on Netflix. These guys are lucky, man. They got it on Netflix. That's amazing. Let me know what you think. Holler at me if you don't like it. Holler at me if you do. I want to know. Now, Steve... I'm going to go ahead and talk about my noisy recipient, sir. You're the one that turned me on to the show, and season one just blew me away. Season two was amazing and had one of the best. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to save that for a bit, but let me tell you what. Guys, if you are not watching Atlanta, you are making a huge mistake right now, man. Oh, yeah, buddy. I mean, Brian Tyree Henry, Lakeith Stanfield, Zazie Beetz, and of course, Donald Glover. They tell a story like no other. It's a, um, you know, I don't even know what to call this one, man. Is it a comedy? Is it just a, is it a drama? Because they go through so much on this one. This one has it's a little bit so of everything. Beyond. It's so beyond. It is. It is so beyond, man. And it is one of, it is the show that really flipped it for me and went, oh, like this, there's a whole something else going on here that I wasn't aware of here. So yes. I thank you very much for that, Steve, because I love this show so much. But uh, yeah, Atlanta is my number one pick. It is recipient of the 2019 Noisy. I love to say it, ladies and gentlemen. To me, there was no better show this year than Atlanta. Totally understand. Now, you said your wife even liked it. Yeah, she loved it. That is interesting. Now, here's the funny part, because I wouldn't have thought that your wife would like the show, but it makes sense because it just, there's something for everyone. There's even a horror episode. Yes. That was terrifying. Um, I gave it, Atlanta got close, but I had to give it to Better Call Saul. I mean, the writing room, you're right, is working at a tick above every freaking other show, in my opinion. They're killing and destroying the... I mean, they are destroying as far as just sheer writing. Bob Odenkirk is a beast. Rhea Seahorn is a beast. Everyone's destroying. Love, love, love this season of Better Call Saul. Check it out. And, and don't give me it on Giancarlo Esposito. Woo! That brother's a scary brother right there, man. So, yes, if you, have a, if you guys aren't watching, or you ladies and gentlemen aren't watching... Better Call Saul, make sure you are doing it now because uh, the next season is about to start. Can't wait. My winner for the noisy 2019 best TV show is Better Call Saul.
This brings us to the best single TV episode. We didn't, have to, we didn't have to think about this. There was no question on this one. We didn't have to think about this. Dan, who won? Easy. I'm giving it right now to Atlanta Season 2, Episode 6, entitled Teddy Perkins. There is no finer episode on television than this this year. It is horrifying. Oh, dude, it's horrifying. And we can't say anything about it. No. All we could say is, if you haven't watched, it's a standalone episode. So if you haven't watched any of uh, Atlanta at all, you can jump into this episode right in and be like, oh my God. But I wouldn't though, because I think that it, you know. You have to know him. You, you have yes, to know once you, his, Yes, exactly. Yes, because you're like, why would anyone go into this house? Lakeith Stanfield's char- char- character would. If anyone would, it's that guy. So you kind of have to know why he would do the things he's doing. He's a different guy. If you get to know Darius before you watch this, though, you're going to understand the way that he, <laughs> the way, like, you're going to understand why he stays in this situation. You know what I mean? He yep. is a, a whole, he's, again, he's another character that is completely original. There's just something about the way that Lakeith Stanfield plays him that is, uh, like, he's the only one that could play him this way. You know what I mean? Totally. And it's and, and, and that's why I love Lakeith Stanfield so much, man. Like, you've seen Sorry to Bother You. It's not the same character by any shot there's just some weird shit that this guy does that makes him this lovable but yet like scratching your head kind of like why are you the way you are person so i i would highly recommend watching the series and then getting to the teddy perkins episode but once you get to teddy perkins oh dude it's nuts man that's all i can say especially there's a part where he calls out and paperboy is us yeah Paperboy is saying everything that we would be like gee why you there? <laughs> And that's the point, though. But that's exactly it. That's why I'm saying get to know the character of Darius first before you watch it. Because then you're yes. kind of answering your own question. Like, oh, I know why this dude's here. Because he's Darius. He, he, yeah, he said, I'm going to get something. And I'm not leaving without that something. Because yeah. that's what I do. Fantastic. Now, this next category I actually really had to think about. And I just figured out what I decided to be my winner. But Dan knew it right off the jump. It is best animated television show. Dan, what is your pick? This is obvious. Oh, yeah, no question. The noisy goes to Big Mouth Season 2. I just gave my reasons why, ladies and gentlemen, but if you're not watching this show, you got to check it out. If you have kids in their, in their teen years, watch this show. It's going to be a little uncomfortable. Don't watch it with your kids. That's just my suggestion. But we've all been through these situations, man, in our pubescent period. I really can't say enough about the writing again, guys. Again, I'm just gonna give it up real quick. You got Jason Manzukis, you got Nick Kroll, and of course you have John Mulaney. And they're just doing it like no others, man. So Big Mouth season two, can't wait for season three. I hope there's a season 10, man. This show is fantastic. My win goes to Castlevania season two. That's a good pick. I loved it. I didn't want it to end. It's horror. It's Dracula. It's killing. It's biting. It's blood. It's sword swiping. It's fighting. It's crazy looking levitating castles. It's dude being buff, put, getting in people's faces with his fangs like what you want to do with. It's everything Steve wants in a freaking show. It's that. Season two, Castlevania. Check it out. Please check it out. Check out season one too, but check out season two. It is fantastic. Castlevania, Netflix. All right. So this brings us to the next 
category, which is best Netflix original, it's pretty easy. We've talked about it a million times. The winner, and not just Netflix original, apparently people are thinking best movie, is Roma. That's it. Of course, we've said everything we need to say about it. I mean, it's obvious it was going to win. I mean, it's taking... I mean, where haven't you heard about it, Dan? Everyone is talking about Roma. There's people that wouldn't normally watch a movie like this talking about it. No question. It was, it was Netflix's screensaver for a while. Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful, man. And again, it deserves all the credit it is getting. Roma, directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Check it out. It's on Netflix. I'll just say one more thing about it, guys. And again, and I mean this sincerely. Please, if, if a black and white movie isn't your thing or a movie where you have to like, you know, it's a different language, so you have to watch the subtitles isn't your thing. You got to get past it, man. The movie doesn't start off very fast. It's not a fast paced movie. And it does take a while for things to get going on this movie. But once it finally kicks in and you understand where the where Alfonso Coran is coming from and, and the, the plight of Cleo and the plight of the family that she's living with. There is just there is magic going on in this movie, and that's it. I'm not gonna. I'll just, I would literally just be repeating myself, but it is that good. Roma, man, just please check it out. Our next category is an original from the wonderful mind of Dan and Steve. It is 2019's most woke movie. The winner of this awesome. Now there are criteria. We had to really think about this. What is you know? Is it inclusive? Is it talking about very interesting topics in a way that is um, above the fray and doesn't do any questionable messaging? And there is only one movie that hit all the boxes. And what movie is that? Dan? Checked all the boxes, sir. And the movie that we're going to give it to, ladies and gentlemen, is "Sorry to Bother You." Now, there is something they could have taken out this movie for me. <laughs> that's the part. That's probably the part that's not woke out of everything oh, in this movie. Dude, oh, it is so devastating, dude. <laughs> I, I haven't watched the movie since. That traumatized, huh? It was bad, dude, because it, like, I can't even say it. It wins most woke. I think in especially the overarching theme of this with workers' rights is so big, right? Right this second, it's huge, especially since a lot of our governor is, government is not getting paid right now. They went with zero in their paychecks. It's like, wow, they were ahead of the game. <laughs> they really were ahead of the art. So... I mean, there's nothing I can say more I can say about Bill or I said Bill Street. There's nothing more I can say about Sorry to Bother You. Fantastic job. Boots Riley, you are the woke master. Another thing that I really liked about this movie, though, man, is how it deals with code switching. You know, because that's a very real thing in the workplace, as you had yes. mentioned before. But I think that uh, the fact that it even addressed that, uh, again, with workers' rights, protesting and picketing and things like that, this movie had woke written all over it. Some people just did not get this movie. But if you got it and you locked onto it, Sorry to Bother You is a fantastic movie. That brings us to Best Podcast of the Year. Dan, you've listened to a lot of podcasts, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I have not listened to as many as you have, but I did listen to a fantastic one this year, man. I'm finding that I really like that serial type of podcast. Yes. yes. I like true crime. 
I like I like a, a good narrative, and I like waiting for a week to find out. Oh, well, what happens next? That's my gauge for what's a very good podcast, you know. So I'm gonna go. I have no other honorable mentions, even though there were a lot of great podcasts. Uh, meeting a lot of fantastic podcasters in our circle, if you will. There's a lot to choose from, but uh, the one that I absolutely have to give it to, hands down, comes from Wondery. It is Doctor Death. 33 patients, a charming surgeon, a spineless system. This was phenomenal. It just blows my mind that shit like this happens in the world and that it just goes on for so long. Just to give you a quick little synopsis of what I'm talking about, it is uh, about Dr. Christopher, who used to be Dr. Christopher Dunch, who was a neurosurgeon. Probably the worst neurosurgeon ever for reasons that I will not get into, but the tale that this tells about him just blew my mind, man. If you liked Dirty John, this is for you, man, because it's right neck and neck with Dirty John. And uh, yeah. 2018's noisy for a podcast can be no other to me than Dr. Death. Um, that is a fantastic choice. Uh, my choice is, uh, it's unfortunate, it just, it changed about two hours ago, um, only because I forgot. I'm like, wait, I just took this podcast for granted. So I will say my honorable mention is The Dream, uh, which is a fantastic podcast, which I absolutely loved. It was my runner-up. It got very, very close. The Dream is about MLMs. We call them pyramid schemes. Skip the MLMs, like Avon, all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, a person pretty much deconstructing and talking to people that do these things and figuring out that you're never going to get rich doing them. Anyway, but the number one podcast for me of 2018 into 2019 it can go to no other podcast but the No Sleep Podcast. It's not close. The amount of work they put into each one of those podcasts going two and three hours in with all those stories every single week, all of them most entertaining, it's over. No Sleep Podcast by far for my podcast of the year. By the way, this podcast does live readings too. So if you ever get a chance to check one of those out, Steve and I got to go to one of those. Really, really fun. This brings us to a sad, very sad award to give out. And this is a tough one for the noisy 2018 celebrity death that hit us the hardest. Dan and I could not agree more on one. And what is, who is the winner? This one didn't hit, I'll be honest, it didn't hit me as hard as when Prince died. Because that was, that was crushing, crushing, crushing blow. But the amount of music that this woman put out. The, the longevity of her career and the voice that came out of those pipes, man. Um, it's, it's just a sad that we're not going to have this anymore. We have things that are, we have people that are close to it, but there'll never be another Aretha Franklin. by far the most devastating blow for celebrity death this year. Easy. It was devastating. The queen of soul is gone. 
I mean, it makes the world a different place. But we at Heroes of Noise salute the Queen of Soul. We do have a runner-up. Who's our runner-up then? Another important one, and I think that a lot of people would have picked this one, particularly in our genre of podcast, but that's kind of the reason. Well, no, Aretha Franklin was the toughest blow, but we have to give this honorable mention. Legacy, but also because of everything that he's brought forth. And uh, it's given us fodder to talk about on the show. I mean, we've talked about his career we've talked about his material and what it's done for the world time and time again on this show so the runner-up honorable mention is going to stan lee we have come to the end of our first noisy award show guys i hope you liked it Thank you so much for listening, guys. We're going to go ahead and give the very last noisy of the year. Um, I think it's appropriate that we do it this way. The category is going to be movie of the year, ladies and gentlemen, and this is our picks. I have honorable mentions, Steve. Do you have honorable mentions? I do. Okay, good. We'll go ahead and talk about that right now. All right. My honorable mentions are the following, and it was close. If Bill Street could talk, oh, love that movie. Into the Spider-Verse, very important, muy importante. Uh, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Those are my three honorable mentions, but there can only be one, Dan. And that one is from my brother, Ryan Kugliesel. Black Panther. <laughs> Movie of the year! <laughs> what about you, Dan? You know, the thing is, is that we we, <laughs> we did a show last week, okay? So I can't really change my answer. I guess I could if I really wanted to. Yeah. But here's the deal. If I'm being real with you, it feels weird because we've mentioned it so much. But honestly, this movie hit me in a way that I feel like it's worth talking about a bunch. Maybe it's a little bit repetitive. Before I do that, though, I'm going to go ahead and give my honorable mention to A Star is Born. Uh, that's the one that I really had to... I felt like I didn't give it enough love on the last episode, so I want to okay. bring it up a little bit more. Star is Born is phenomenal, guys. you got to check it out. Like I said, I'll just really quickly talk about it again. I've seen the Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand one, and you know, I guess it was good for its time. But this movie does it on a whole other level. And again, I'm going to give props to Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper for the phenomenal acting that they did. Bradley Cooper's directing was just amazing. He has not done his best film yet. That's just my opinion. I really feel that way. A lot of people see him as just like Rocket Raccoon or something like that. But when you take a movie like, say, Silver Linings Playbook, which I absolutely love, but it's obviously not done in 2018, you know that he's got chops. And he brings it hardcore in this movie. So my honorable mention is A Star is Born. My winner, Steve, is probably no surprise to most people if you listen to the show. But again, it comes up a lot. I'm giving my 2019 Noisy for Movie of the Year, Steve, to Roma. That's it. We did it, dude. People, people, we had a blast. Wow. This is nuts. I did not expect this to start, Dan, did you? Hold on. Let's bask in this for a second. It's still going. I think it's my purple velvet. I know it's your purple. It's probably that thing because it slipped out under. It's it's hanging out of your uh, pant leg again. So. Yeah. Now I got to figure out where I'm gonna get my ride from, being that Momoa took my girl. <laughs> well, you could um, go home with Lisa. Lisa's still in the audience. Lisa, I see you. Oh, I see you. Where are you going? Where are you going? Uh, oh well, okay. Well, she's gone too. She got no love for her. Hey, the velvet. Hopefully, hopefully it does something for me in the after parties, ladies and gentlemen. You have just witnessed. 
the inaugural Noisies, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. I thank you for looking at my awesome and amazing velvet. I put a lot of money into this suit, so thank you for staring at it so long. Dan, do you have any words, last words for these wonderful, amazing audiences? Do you have a word, lady, last words? Guys, thank you so much for listening as always. We love you. We appreciate all the emails and all the comments that you guys leave us. And the show is going to continue to grow throughout the year of 2019. Moving on forward, we're going to be here when some of y'all are not. That's what I'm getting at. And I don't mean podcasts. I just mean like people die all the time. You know what I'm saying? But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the Noisies. The 2019 inaugural Noisies. I am so happy that we were able to do this. My name is Dan Ramirez. That guy over there, that handsome, purple-suited lad over there, Steve Hudson. We're going to talk to y'all next week. Thank you for coming. Y'all look beautiful out there, by the way. With that, I'm going to say what I always say, ladies and gentlemen. It's kind of my thing. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming out to the Noisies. My name is Dan Ramirez. Peace.